As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by Shooter Magooter. Shoots, what's up, dude? Not a whole lot. I know we, uh, we took a week off here, just for the holiday, some traveling, and I got sick, so that sucks. <laughs> so did you get great, sick during the holiday? Great time to get sick. I have no fucking idea. So... I think I probably got sick a little before, and then, you know me, I decided to go to the Eagles game Sunday night. Well, you so. had to, I mean, you had to go to the Eagles game. You might have won us the Eagles game with a very, very, very risky story, I might add. Oh, yeah. Steel might hate this, but birds are primed for a blowout. And it started off with a bang. It two did. touchdowns in like two minutes. It was great. And then it came all falling down, and I was so oh, shit. I was literally, literally... First and foremost, that day is the day I dropped my daughter off. Oh, boy. So I was already in a bad mood. Then I see that on the fucking Instagram. That put me in a worse mood. And I texted you and I said, if we lose this game because of your dumbass, I would have been so furious that we might have broken up. Would have been a bad look. <laughs> would have been a bad look. But we didn't. And we won. And I had to suffer all week for it. Yeah, well, it was worth it. You got the, the W for us. I'm glad you're feeling better. I was yeah. actually, I was hoping for a little more like sexy rasp out of you. No, there was no rasp at all. There was no voice. There was just nothing. Just gone. Yeah, when I get sick, I only get sick like once every four years and it's always terrible. And no matter what it is, I lose my voice and it just goes away and I have to nurse it back to health. Well, welcome back to your voice. Yeah, I I'm glad, glad like to hear newborn it. baby. But, uh. I was down in Texas, as you know, with my daughter, and we had an awesome Thanksgiving. It was a really nice time. We went to see a movie. And have you ever seen the movie Lyle Lyle Crocodile? Have you read the book? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, so it's about a crocodile that can sing, but he can't talk, right? So he's a singing crocodile. This movie had absolutely no business being as emotional as it was. And I was sitting in a theater with my daughter, trying not to cry. I cried at a fucking crocodile that is voiced, not even voiced, just dubbed over by Sam Mendes. And I was sitting there sobbing because he was misunderstood and he was shy and he just wanted to like have a family, but everyone wanted him to be a star. But in the end, he needs to be a star because that's who he is and everyone needs to hear his gift. And I was a wreck. I was an emotional wreck from this movie. And it made me think about all the kids' movies I watch. And I... Have you noticed this? Is this just a me thing? No, no. The kids' movies are definitely getting sadder and sadder. Are they? Are we yeah. getting older well, I mean, and more? That was also like them. Pixar's thing was putting in movies that seems like a great time and a lot of fun for kids, and then when you rewatch it as an adult, you're like, this is emotionally traumatizing. It's draining. Yeah. It's fucking draining. You see, like you really pay attention to the like the storyline, and you're like, oh my god, I'm crying right now at a movie that's rated PG with my daughter sitting next to me. That's when I just can have a moment where I'm like, see, men are vulnerable too, honey. <laughs> That's great. I feel like a moron because I'm crying at a CGI crocodile. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, um, I was on social media this week like way more than I have been in previous weeks just because I missed the show. I missed yeah. doing this. So I was checking in. We got a lovely tweet from somebody saying, I miss my bra bros. And you know what? We missed you too, oh, damn Oh, yeah. It. We missed you. We're thrilled to be back. But 
while I was doing some scrolling, um, I found a really, really funny post and I got excited because it brought me back. Do you remember, for those of you that didn't listen to our first, I think first or second episode, we had a tagline freestyle where we played the background music and we tried to come up with our own taglines. I found something similar on Instagram and it's like a tagline generator where it takes the first, like your initials. Okay. And if you're like A through C, your tagline is this, whatever. Okay. So I was like, oh, fun. Like we can do this on the show. <laughs> my taglines are horrible. Let's and hear them. So I, I did it two ways because my, my name is Steel Russell. Mm -hmm. What a lot of people don't know, and this is going to be like shocking, and they're going to say that that's your real name. Steel is not your real name. My first name is William. All right. My middle name is Steel. My name is Steel. Okay. It's not like a last name where it's like Steel hyphen Russell. Like it's William Steel Russell. Everyone's called me Steel my whole life. That's my name. There's going to be a million people now that are like, oh, your name is William. I'm going to call you Bill or I'm going to call you Willie. Like, you're not going to. People make that joke all the time. They call me Bill, Will, or Willie for like five minutes. They forget about it and move on. Anyway, I tried to do this with both names and they both come out horribly wrong. Okay, so the first one for Steel Russell is don't come for me unless you want to get a happy ending. <laughs> oh, that's fitting. That works. What do you I mean? like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Just out here giving happy endings. The second one for William, this fun bus is leaving and this time I'll get a happy ending. <laughs> I like the first one better. It flows way better, it but flows, they're both great. It, it sucked. I was like excited to do that. And I was like, well... I can't use either of these for oh real God. ones because I'm just out here jerking people off. Apparently. apparently coming for a happy ending. What do you have for mine? Yours wasn't as fun. So that this whole thing kind of fell apart, but it's don't come for me unless you want to leave it where it belongs. Oh, that, that makes mean, it's, no sense. It's crypt you could, you could lean yeah, on the cryptic yeah, yeah. side cryptic of things, stupid, I guess. But now let's stick with yours. Happy endings. Yeah. Always. Just happy endings. Always. That's my tagline. Happy endings. Always. <laughs> But for those of you that follow us on social media, and for those of you that don't, what are you doing? Go follow us on social media, please. But for those of you that do, you might have seen us posting about a live event that we're having on December 15th. And we want to take some time to explain exactly what this is. Okay, so on the 15th, we are doing a live virtual show. It's our holiday spectacular, we're calling it. But what it is, we're doing a live podcast. We're going to recap some episodes. We're going to shoot the shit a little bit. We've got actual Bravo lebs that have done pre-recorded stuff. We've got some that are going to pop in during the show, such as Crystal Minkoff. We made mocktails and cocktails with her. We got an appearance from Sutton Strack. We're playing some holiday games with her. And there's multiple others that are all going to make appearances either live or pre-recorded. So this is just really an opportunity for us. We want to share something with you guys. This year has been above and beyond anything that we could have ever imagined with this. So this was a really good opportunity. We got approached by Moment to see if we wanted to do this. And as soon as they said interactive, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like this sounds like a great idea. We get a chance to interact with our actual listeners. Yeah. And that's, and that's exactly what we want. I mean, these past seven months, like Steel said, have been a complete whirlwind and we'd be really nowhere without you guys. And we love doing it. I mean, we talked about it before, you know, we took a week off, both Steel and I were like, there's something missing here. We love just shooting the shit, talking about Bravo. So we want to give back to you guys. Obviously, we need your support with this. You can go buy tickets at moment.co slash bros. That's .co, not .com. And it, it really is. It's going to be fully interactive. There's going to be an opportunity for you guys to check in, message us during the show live, hear your questions read live. We might even have you guys zoom in and you can really hang out with us, talk to us face to face. And it'll be a lot of fun. And that's really what we want. 
and the interviews that Seal's talking about, they're pretty much all going to be exclusive to this too. Yeah. So this is not something that you'll be able to see, you know, any other way. You can get the show, get the tickets, make sure you check in with us, have a great time with us that night. If you can't get in that night, you can get tickets and replay it up to seven days afterwards. Yep. So you can see all the fun moments that we have. You can see the interviews that we have lined up. Watch us shoot the shit with a real Bravo lead. That'll be a lot of fun. Because you know what happens? We ask a lot of questions that other people don't ask. We do, and we're going to. And so, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So please head to moment.co backslash Bravo Bros. The tickets are 10 bucks. There's an after party where you can really talk to us. We're just going to shoot the shit for a half hour, yep. kind of recap the night, hear what you guys have to say. So that's an extra five bucks. So all in all, it's like 15 bucks. You support the bros. Come hang out with us. The root of this, honestly, is it, it's, it just seemed to be such a great way to connect with you guys. And since our listeners are legit all over the world, we want to be able to do that. We want to share it with you. So please support the bros. Buy some tickets. Come hang out. Absolutely. But that takes us to Winter House, and we're just going to touch briefly on this. The show's kind of fizzling out for me. I don't know how you feel about oh, it. Oh, it's been fizzling out for me, yeah. Yeah, you weren't really in on it from the beginning. No, I was excited for six episodes. I thought that a compressed season is usually fun and good, and we get everything we want, and we get out before it gets repetitive and annoying. It seems like they're just going to continue going. I don't really know. There's more people showing up, and like Lindsay and Carl showed up, but it's not enough to save the show. I really don't care anymore. I already saw Paige and Craig kind of fall apart, and I don't really like them as a couple anymore, which sucks. Um, and then the new people just don't do anything for me, so I, I'm kind of over it. Looking forward to new shows. Still going to watch, still going to talk about it, but you know how it goes. Yeah, and with that being said, we're just going to touch on a few of the keynotes here. And the first one being, you brought it up, Lindsay and Carl. Lindsay and Carl come into the house. First of all, they are shockingly annoying to watch. Yeah. I thought they were going to be cool as shit. No. They said, babe, a hundred times. They literally, I counted the first interaction we get with them getting out of the car and going into the house. They say, babe, five times in 10 seconds. I could have pegged Carl as a babe guy, though, like with any girl. But it's, he looks like a babe. Force. It doesn't sound like yeah. he's saying, like, like, it's not a genuine, hey, babe. It's like, hey, oh, yeah, babe. Yeah. Like, I think he just loves being in a relationship so much that he's just dropping babe left and right to make people think that they're like this super happy, awesome couple. You might be right. But before they get there, Austin drops this fucking bombshell and says at Amanda and Kyle's wedding, I guess he woke up, they were in bed and Lindsay's hand was on his dick. Why the fuck are you bringing this up? Why is this an issue now? Like, why do you have to stir the pot the minute that they're getting there? Austin, at this point, should be well past all this Lindsay shit. He knows how happy they seem. Like, Carl and Lindsay have been on Watch What Happens Live. They've been on social media. Like, they seem legitimately happy to be together. If this took place before they were allegedly, like, out in the open, why the fuck bring it up? Like, why would you bring it up? Supposedly, they were announcing at Kyle and Amanda's wedding that they were going to give it a shot. At least with their friends, they were talking about it. But I don't really understand it, like... Maybe Austin, and we see now, obviously, he's not with Olivia anymore. Maybe he wasn't really happy in his life, and that's why he's digging up old shit with Sierra while also talking to Olivia. And now he sees Lindsay coming in, and he feels the need to try to derail that somehow. It's just, it's a whole mess, and it's a whole bundle of shit that I hated to begin with and I don't care about anymore. So when it comes in, it's just like, oh my God. Like, I thought Lindsay and Carl were going to come in. It's going to be fun. Here they are calling each other babe a thousand times. Here's Austin bringing up shit from like six months ago. This isn't going to be fun. This is going to suck. So let me get your feelings on it. Like from a logistical standpoint, 
they claim to have started like diving back into this relationship at the wedding, which was like September 6th, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was Labor Day weekend. Okay, so they didn't bang until October 7th, which she is using as their start date, right? So if that's the case, that means that the hand on the penis incident happened a month prior to them being official. So is this grounds for a breakup? Is this like, no, I, holy shit, like I can't believe that the night that we decided we were going to take it further, like you had your hand on another guy's dick, like what the fuck? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's definitely writing on the wall there that if you're Carl, you're like, uh, no, not going to do this. But he's always had a thing for Lindsay. I mean, they, were, they did hook up before, so it's not like this is the first time they've hooked up. And October 7th, for whatever reason, is when they started dating. I don't really understand that. It's probably somewhere in between the wedding and that that you could say maybe they started dating around then. I don't know. I don't really care. But grounds for breaking up. Yeah, I mean, if I was Carl and I heard that, I'd probably be a little pissed off. But now, again, it's five months since then. So right. like, how much progress have you made? I know Lindsay stopped drinking and she's you know, been a better person and like a better person in your life and you've helped her out and she's helped you out. So maybe it's enough that you're like, all right, whatever. Like we weren't really official. We weren't really dating. And there's obviously something I just watched you with Austin four months before that, like an absolute maniac. So I get it, whatever. Let's just move past it. As long as there's no more feelings there, we're okay. If you, if she really makes him happy, then Carl's going to be like, all right, whatever. It's fine. Um, I don't know. It's just the whole thing is so weird and murky. I don't like it. And with Lindsay's arrival into the house, we're obviously getting some comparisons between her and Jess because they do, in fact, look alike. That's just fact. But that leads to a really shitty conversation in the car. And, like, Craig, for me, Craig was, like, slowly climbing back into my good graces. He was making some good moves. He addressed him being a piece of shit for the first five episodes. Has since seemingly been pretty good or at least they're editing him better yeah and then he says some shit because tom walked into the house and said oh i thought you were Lindsay. i don't have my glasses on to jess craig goes i didn't think that was like a good thing to say to somebody first off objectively speaking Lindsay is a gorgeous person right like that's not up for debate really so for you to be like that's not really a compliment like what the fuck are you talking about and also they do fucking look alike they do and i do think that I don't think Paige and Lindsay are friends by any means. I could see Paige talking shit on Lindsay in the back and maybe Craig's kind of picking up on that. And he sees this as an opportunity to be like, oh, I'll strike down Lindsay a little bit. Maybe get back into Paige's good graces since I've been an asshole for the first part of this trip. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. I think that Craig is, like you said, he was crawling back up slowly but surely. It goes right back down. You just don't talk about another girl's appearance like that ever. It just does, It's not a good look. It doesn't do anything it like what do you service you at all no what do you hope to get from that like do you think people are gonna laugh like you're not in high school nobody your boys aren't back there like oh good one craig yeah, nice no dude way, I don't, Paige doesn't strike me as a person that wants to hear you shit on another woman's appearance uh Ooh. maybe i could i mean i could see it i'll leave that out of it because i'm not gonna shit talk them but that does go right into jess who we know really only cares about her appearance and she talks about it constantly and it's so brutal to listen to but she even says, oh, Lindsay could be my mom. Yeah, what the fuck? What so wait, so you about? took offense to somebody saying that you look like Lindsay, but then you spin it and say she could be my mom. So now you're still calling her old, but still saying that you do look like her. Oh, so that's why I don't really take. understand that. Like the dynamic made no sense and spinning it doesn't do anything. It's also just mean because Lindsay's maybe 10 years older than you. I don't know how old Jess is. She's 28, 
I think. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't, I don't know. care because I don't think she's going to be on anything moving forward. She's not fun to watch. She stinks. Uh, Corey can come and go as he pleases to different shows. I like him. He's a good. I think he's a good person to insert into a show. He's to a good like, friend of. Like pop yeah. up on Southern Charm as friend of Craig. Right. Or, you know, go to a summer house party and have some fun. Sounds great to me. Get Jess out of here. I don't care about Jess. She's mean. She sucks. She only cares about herself. Sorry for Lindsay and Carl walking into that shitstorm. But, you know, we have to do it. We do it with all the couples. Power rankings are pretty low. I don't really like Carl and Lindsay. Carl and Lindsay are super low because it... They're just tough to watch on TV. They are. It's like, it looks like they're playing this couple that is super happy. And look, I hope they are. Like, Mm -hmm. I love the fact that she got sober because she wanted to support him. He was having a tough time in the holidays. That's great. And everything I've seen with them on social media and on Watch What Happens Live, like, all the interactions, I've been like, these guys are fun. They're great. They seem great together. You get them in front of a camera together... People were avoiding going into the kitchen to be near them because they're so fucking annoying. Yeah. And also, if I hear that you're going to cook this elaborate dinner, right? Like, they, they're coming in tonight. They're going to cook for us. They made fucking spaghetti squash boats with, like, ground meat on top. Yeah. Like, if you're going to cook for the family, you got to throw down or at least yeah. attempt to. You can't come in with spaghetti squash. I agree with that. But, yeah, I mean, this, this show is definitely running its course. And the good thing is, and we'll talk about this in a second, new shows are popping off. And we don't really have to deal with it much longer. We'll see how this goes and we'll move forward. But, you know, I'm looking forward to Winter House kind of just going away for a little bit and getting into new stuff. Yeah, no, I I firmly agree. And I mean, that's all I really wanted to touch on. We can jump straight into, uh, look, I love a good acronym. This show has one of the best ones. Oh, yeah, it's perfect. Soho. Southern Hospitality, a.k.a. Soho. And it's music to my ears. Now, new show, how are we feeling about it? I know how I feel about it. How do you feel about it? I like it a lot. Now, the funny thing, and this is how I watch shows now, which is kind of annoying, I think about you. Aww. And I say, <laughs> I said this to Colleen when we started watching, and I look at her, I go, now, do you think Steele's going to like this show or hate it? And she goes, no, I think he'll like it because it's a lot like Vanderpump. And I go, hmm, but it's not ah. Vanderpump. So he could hate it because it's not Vanderpump and he loves Vanderpump so much. So I will spin it right back to you. What do you think about it? I think that there's the makings for a great show. Okay. I think it has the fundamental pieces to be great. The first thing I had to get over was, and I, I made it a point to like move past it. I didn't like Leva this season of Southern Charm. Like she was tough for me to watch. So I didn't want to carry that over into this. I'm taking it on as a brand new show. Leva is a stranger to me. She might take shape into somebody totally different in this role, right? Like Vanderpump left Beverly Hills, and she is similar in most ways to the character that she played on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but it's obviously more personal because she's not going to war with people yeah. where she's the boss now. So I, Yeah, she's I, running a business. Right, so and I really like Lisa Vanderpump, yeah. especially in Vanderpump Rules. So I'm giving Leva some grace here where maybe she will kind of show herself in a different light and I'll, I'll like that level and it'll also keep me from being biased towards this show now my issue with the show why i'm not like fuck yeah this is early vanderpump like i'm all on board the cast kind of stinks they're kind of yeah, flat I agree. for me like yeah. they're not exciting and like we can do we'll go through it we'll, we'll get to know everybody but my first reaction from everybody was kind of like meh Yeah, and to touch on what you just said about Leva, like I actually do like seeing her in that business role where she takes Mikkel to the back room, and there's a whole thing about him promoting at different clubs, not promoting at one of her restaurants or clubs. 
And you can see the whole staff is like pissed off about it. So she knows that they're all pissed off about it. They want to make sure they're not being slighted. They want their feelings to be heard. That's great. But she still has to run a business. And this guy is really good at what he does. So you don't want to fire him. He still really wants to work there. It seems like it's the place to work, at least the, comp- the chain of companies to work at. And she suspends him, still brings the hammer down, but says, you're not fired. I get it. You know, just don't do that again, blah, 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 whatever. So I do like seeing her in that role because she was fair. She's a good boss. And I actually completely forgot about the whole Craig thing. The Craig with the pillow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Completely forgot about that whole thing, which is good because I went into it open-minded. I agree with you. The cast just doesn't hit. There's just something wrong. I, I don't know if it's because we're unfamiliar with all of them or we're expecting more. Like, I really just don't know what it was, but... I didn't really gravitate towards anyone at all. No, no one was that polarized. I wanted to see more Lamar, who I know Lamar. I did too. And I think that's an interesting point, though, because maybe that's because we know him. So we're like, because when Lamar came in, first of all, I like the dynamic that plays between Leva and Lamar. I like that he drops the hammer. He's no bullshit. He's like, look, don't fuck with my company. Don't fuck with my business or you're out. I get that. I respect Mm -hmm. that. I like that Leva is more the sympathetic ear, and she. I think that's a, probably why they have four successful restaurants on the same street. Yeah. But maybe that plays into your point a little bit. We like seeing Lamar just because we know Lamar. Like, mm-hmm. I'll give these guys a good amount of time to, like, get in my good graces. It's just usually from any show that we watch, there's one person where we're like, oh, shit, she's great, or yeah. he's great. And this one didn't really do it. Instead, I was criticizing almost everybody because you come out of the gate, and it was funny. I did change stances on Maddie as the episode went on. Yeah, so did I, but she was the only one. I mean, she was sort of polarizing, I guess. I, uh, I, all right, fine. It, Lily Grace was polarizing. It's in Grace like Lily. Fucking whatever. <laughs> Lily Pulitzer Grace. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> she was polarizing in like the worst way. She was when she was sitting there talking to her mom. The only thing I could picture was Amy Poehler in Mean Girls. Oh my god, no fucking way. Do you have that Dude, written down? I wrote right here. Where, where is it? Where is it? Oh, Grace Lily's mom is Amy Poehler from Mean Girls. It's perfect. right fucking here. I'll that's take awesome. a picture and still, like put it on her story. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, I, I said it to Colleen and she's like, that's exactly what this is. She's just sitting there like, the first thing that she talked about was how when she was born, my mom said that I was just an explosion of genetics. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I guess that's what a birth is if you're being honest. Like, I, literally speaking. I hated hearing it like that in that context however i will 100 percent use i am a genetic explosion Absolutely. at some point in my life yeah so i thank you for that part but to hear somebody 100 percent genuinely say that was i immediately know i'm never gonna like this person she also said she was a star like it's, she's it's like, all self-proclaimed bullshit well, the funny like, thing right. with that it's like she's like people are just jealous because i travel the world i do this i do that it's like yo you're in the same place living with your mom, working at the same restaurant. Yeah. And you're not good at your job either. I couldn't believe that shit. When I was hearing the preamble between the two, like they have beef because Maddie came in and took Grace's job and Grace is pissed about it. I'm like, damn, Maddie's kind of fucked up. And then you see how she does her job. She's never there. Yeah. So of course this chick took your job and rightfully so. She does a better job at it. She brought people to you and you weren't fucking there. Like what? Because you had a migraine? I had a migraine. I just wasn't in a good space, needed to go home. What the fuck? Figured you would understand that, Leva. Okay. That's the best part. Yeah. Hey, boss, I yeah. think you would understand this. Well, she doesn't talk to anybody like there's any sort of like superiority ever. 
she's just talking to people like they're lower than her. All like, of Like, this is, everything is about me. You should just figure it out and understand that. You it's want like, confirmation what? of that, that she walks like a star. Because yeah. she looks up chin up oh you got to know that the producer is like laughing behind the scenes like oh, oh can you show be. us how to walk like a star Pfft, yeah loser. yeah why don't you show us how to walk like and that but that sums up her personality she doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about anybody else yeah. everybody is beneath her because she doesn't look at anybody because she's above them she literally yeah. keeps her eyes above everybody oh wait hold on what did you think about the guys all working out together shirtless oh, and, and then hanging God. out and... dude look i have so many things to say about this yeah. as a man in the fitness industry as somebody that enjoys working out. Big cinder block guy. The fact that they all had cinder blocks and there was a gas tank and like a What was the gas bucket. tank for? I didn't see I, them use it. So I was, I was thinking about what you would use that for. Yeah. If you filled that up with water, mm-hmm. you could potentially use that as like a kettlebell okay. and like do like, I guess farmers That's probably what they were or, doing, yeah. I would imagine. And I, the whole point of the workout clearly being like ridiculous exercises just for the sake of like being tough. Well, then they talked about how they didn't want to put their shirts back on and everybody's because like, they're competitive. of course. Yeah. Why would we? I'd, I'd rather have my shirt off. Like, all right. It was just like, it was weird. Like Southern frat energy. I, I just didn't like it. I hate it. I, I, like, I don't like any of the guys too. And that's the problem. Like none of the guys seem relatable. They they're not all relatable. seem like douchebags. They are like the fucking Joe guy. This guy should have ugly duckling syndrome. He should be a cool dude because he says it himself. I wasn't much when I was growing up. Like I hit puberty late. So like my guy, if you went through not being an attractive younger man, and you were probably bullied a little bit, you should be nice now. You shouldn't be so self-aware of the fact that you suddenly got hot, that you're talking shit about everybody else. Like, yeah. I love the fact that they're all going through going, I'm the hottest guy here. I'm the hottest guy here. Like, you're all fucking dorks. I like the premise for the show. I like the building of the show. I like where it is, too. We always like Charleston. We'll see how it goes. It seems like it's at least going to be an entertaining watch. We might hate everybody by the end of it, but we'll probably have some fun along the way. I know for a fact I will hate Trevor. Okay. I will definitely hate Trevor. My guy was wearing a backwards hat. Is he going to be in it, though, or is he just... He's look. If you are making an appearance, episode one, you are definitely going to be involved in the show. All right. He's definitely going to be involved in the show. And I am a backwards hat advocate. I rock the backwards hat frequently. Yeah. If you're in a nice bar, a nice club, don't be that guy. Well, what was Joe doing? Did Leva have him dress up like a doctor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I didn't, because that didn't make any sense. Nobody be- else was dressed up. So in the beginning of the show, he looked at like when they were going to that meeting. Yeah. He looked at like the call sheet or whatever the fucking itinerary was. And I guess it like made a note that he would be shirtless that night. He, he makes a comment about it. So I guess that was planned. Because he's got a rockin' bod, and nothing sells drinks like a doctor, I guess. I don't fucking know. I don't get it. But Trevor was wearing a hat that said gas. Did you read the hat? I thought that it was like a minor league baseball team. No, no, it was not. I I could have sworn it was like a Savannah banana It said fucking gas. And then the best part, and this is the only reason I'm talking about Trevor, is of course this dude pulls out of the bar in his fucking bike taxi. Oh, yeah. I have nothing against... If well, you, I don't know how that works, though. Is that something that you can rent and just drive around town? I bet that you can have your own. No, no, no. Do you dude, think he, he does that as like yes, a side gig? You didn't get that? No, I, I took it like you could just rent that and have No somebody. way. I guarantee he's a fucking bike That's taxi so guy. That's so funny. That's so... Because he's yeah. a DJ. 
So like that would be his he side would be gig a would DJ. Be doing no, that. no, his side gig is being a DJ. You cannot fucking his main gig is yes. bike taxi. If you have to do bike taxi, oh, then you're not making enough as a DJ, which means your primary source of income is bike taxi. But just the pairing of this quote unquote DJ wearing a backwards gas hat when everyone else is dressed to the nines, pulling out of the bar with a chick that he cheated on. It was the perfect image of what I figured Trevor would be. Yeah. And that was Trevor. And I'm going to fucking hate Trevor. And Trevor, I hope you hear this. I just hope you love Trevor by the end of the season. Who knows? You look, maybe. Things happen. Maybe. But uh, he's off to a shitty start. But that takes us to the ladies of Salt Lake, who much like us took a week off, which is nice for us. We only got one episode to recap. But um, we start out with, we finally, finally address Jen getting arrested. This is the first time other than them talking about it that the show has actually made an effort to be like, hey, by the way, she's getting totally arrested. And I was glad to see it again. And it was a good reminder for me. It, it was like, funny too. The way that they did it, it looked like Vietnam flashbacks. Like she was, was like, just like getting boom. stuff out of her car and it was like, boom, boom, like fortunate son <laughs> playing in the background with the helicopter going over. I always think that's so funny. Like the show of force is so fucking funny it, yeah. because it's, Jen Shaw, and it's just one person who's in a house. We don't need 75 SWAT guards to come in with like two helicopters and all this, but it's so funny. I can't imagine that in Salt Lake, there's a lot of SWAT teams being wheeled out. So maybe when one thing pops off, they're like, oh, fuck yeah, everyone, we're rolling. We're going to be on Bravo, baby. (laughs) Maybe they're all Bravo fans. More than they are. They definitely watch this episode. Yeah. But the whole episode is about Jen planning this trip to San Diego and. We had that weird moment last week where the girls were arguing over FaceTime and Dana told Jen that she was a bully and blah, blah, blah. So now we see Dana's like having lunch with Meredith and Meredith is very much on Dana's side with this, I think. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because I don't think Meredith is really taking a stand. She's more just likes Dana and wants to bring Dana along, I think, because she doesn't get along with anybody else that well in the group. Yeah, I think that she saw how that Arizona trip went and she hated it. Right. So she needed an ally. And I get it. And... A lot of respect to Dana for still going, too, because she knows what she's getting into. And it is so weird to watch all of, like, the main housewives with Jen. And they're, it just looks like they're so afraid of her. I she know. can do whatever the fuck she wants. So finally, we get an episode, and I kept saying, this is finally the turning point. This is Jen Shaw's takedown. We're going to see people actually going after her and getting after the stupid shit that she does and says and making her accountable for the things that she does. I like that Dana still goes... I like that Meredith still goes around. I mean, she still went to Jen. She did go to Jen. On Ramadan. But I do like that Meredith still went to her and said, look, I'm still going to invite Dana. I hope you're okay with that. But we do get the juxtaposed to the lunch with Heather, Angie H., who is not invited to San Diego. See you later. Smell you later. Hopefully we don't see you for the rest of the year and maybe never again. Don't need you and your stupid husband anymore. Fat elf on the shelf husband. (laughs) And... We get to see Heather thinking about how everything's been going so poorly for her recently. She's afraid to go on the trip. Everybody hates her right now. Yeah. I mean, you've been a shitty friend. You're finally getting called out for it. You should be afraid to go on this trip. You should you be. You might have to deal with people getting mad at you and getting drunk and bringing things back up. Everybody else has to deal with it. So now you finally do have to deal with it. Have no, she time. doesn't. No. Nope. She gets saved. Yep. Saved by but, Angie K. And as soon as that happened, it was still so funny that Heather was like, Finally, I knew it. Like, the pressure's back off me. Yeah. Feeling great. Like, all right, that is kind of funny. But Heather. I like Heather because I of stuff I. like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yeah, she's been a shitty friend. It is irritating. She's self-aware 
at least in to a, a certain old, I think. Extent, but yeah. that's what bugs me because it's like I don't understand how because she goes through every incident and they go to flashbacks on camera and it's painting her in this picture. I'm like, how do you think that you're in the right in all of these instances? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't look great as these things. And I know. Obviously, in real life, when she's doing her confessionals, it's not flashing up flashbacks to her behavior in the past season. Yeah. But when you're going through this list of shit, you're not in the right on all of them. Like, you fucked up on each one. Should Lisa have blown you up via Twitter? Probably not. But at the same time, she was vindicating herself because you blew her up on social media first. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, two wrongs don't make a right, as the Grand Dame tells us later. But... I just think it's funny that she is so self-aware in so many situations, except when it comes to addressing stuff that she's done wrong. Yeah. We can just dive right into it. Obviously, they're... Let me just ask you. Okay. If it was my birthday, and we were staying at, say, one of your family members' houses in Florida, would you show us around the house that you've obviously been here before? And maybe take the best room. The fact that she got all up in arms about it, I, I couldn't understand. I get that it's quote unquote your trip. Maybe, maybe it takes on a different level. Like maybe we don't understand because we're not this wealthy, but like maybe these trips with your friends, it's important to be known as the host. Like maybe it's a. I guess I, we see it in Potomac too, but Mia takes the best room, but she's sharing a room. So it doesn't really count, but it's not even that part. It's more like who is the ringleader of the trip? Because that's clearly what Angie K is trying to do. Angie yeah. K is not trying to be helpful and nice. And she's trying to one up Jen. Cause she mm-hmm. also knows that Jen's going to give a shit about this, right? Like she yeah. doesn't go into this blindly. They've been friends for a long time. She knows if she leads this charge that she's going to step on Jen's toes, it's going to piss her off. Angie K is very aware of that. Mm-hmm. I think I do have an issue with how she walked into the house and said, this is a dope house. Yeah. That was so forced. She's yeah. never said dope in her entire life. No. And it makes me question how I say dope. You know, I get stuck on words and I said oh, dope God. after Don't the fact. Don't do this fact, to yourself. You say dope I did fine. It. I, I have in my, in my past. You say it fine. Dope. Stop. See? <laughs> and then Angie K goes in to a house that she's been to before. Obviously, she's going to show people around. She's been here before. Jen, have you seen this place before? You want to just walk around aimlessly? No. Let Angie do it. Does Jen deserve the main room in every fucking trip that they no. go on? The only reason they're in the continental United States is because of Jen. Yeah, Whitney you calls attention to You shouldn't get the best room. We don't get to go outside the country because of your dumbass. She should, well, the, my favorite part is her kind of following around and just making little under her breath comments the whole time. Like, I don't even like this room. It's like, shut the fuck up. You look like an idiot. And the best part is she probably still got like the second suite or whatever you would call that. It's a fucking mansion in San Diego. I would sleep on the fucking pool chair. Like, who cares? There's cabanas out there. That's not going to rain. Yo, I would sleep in a cabana with you if if that's what it took to stay there. It was a beautiful house. And then obviously we get Jen pouring the champagne over Angie's head five minutes later. Oh, yeah. As a joke. Any, Do you think it was only a joke because people didn't laugh? Like if people laughed at it, she would have been like, ha, 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 told you, Angie. Or like, did she say it was a joke afterwards when she realized that she fucked up? She said it was a joke because it wasn't a joke. And she realized she fucked it all up and she made everything super awkward and looks like a total spaz. So she's like, I was joking. And like, we've all done that defense before i know i have like especially when i was younger i did something dumb i was like no no it's a joke dude yeah. it's a joke like come on you like, get it you're laughing yeah, right? ha, ha, ha. but at this age like with your girlfriends on a trip to san diego you can't you got to just own up and be like hey i overstepped that was way too much i'm really sorry 
but instead she stands by it. Like she doesn't back down. And this immediately, I just draw comparisons though to her trial. Oh, she yeah. stands so firm. Like clearly you were not trying to joke around. Clearly this was 100% you being an asshole, mm-hmm. but you will not let it go. They're on the bus like hours later and she still stands firm. There was a joke. You just didn't get it. She wanted an apology from Angie K. Yeah. What the fuck? Are you kidding? Like there's no way that you can be that deluded in your thinking, but this is the same person that proclaimed her innocence for so long and then pled guilty. To which also I'm going to say to every single commenter, every single person that felt the need to tell us what a plea agreement means, we know, I know that you can take a plea and say you're guilty, even if you didn't do it for a lesser sentence. I'm fucking well, I've seen a million episodes of SVU, okay? I get it. Shooter gets it. We don't need you telling us. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that we cannot talk shit on a person that pled guilty, that is saying I am guilty without getting backlash? What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to be like, no, we side with Jen because we'd get eviscerated. So what do we do? Look, we get what a plea agreement deal means. We don't need you explaining it to us. She said she's guilty. That's our stance, period. She's guilty. Anyway, moving on, this whole thing leads to Angie K leaking some info. This turns into a whole different story as we get the whole picture, but she says that she paid for Coach's entire party, hosted at her house, like she was expecting to get paid back, she was never reimbursed, she even throws out there like, it makes sense why she's now going to trial for fraud, haha, to her husband on the phone, like she's saying that she feels defrauded, and I'm sitting there watching this like, ooh, damn, this is a tough look. As it gets explained, she wanted to throw a housewarming party that just so happened to coincide with the time that Jen wanted to throw Coach a birthday party. She offered to do this. Now, if I say, shooter, me and Dev just got done renovating the house. We're having a housewarming party. I know it's your birthday soon. Why don't we make it a joint thing? Do you feel the need to reimburse me for that? No, and you did that because you got married on my birthday. That's right. Oh, that's right. And you so sung you happy birthday to me, me and got me birthday cake. So I owe you half of your wedding, apparently. Yes, you do. Wow, that's such a good comparison. Yeah, it was one of those weird things that it was like a, a shocking moment where you're like, oh, shit, Jen didn't pay for this? Like, fuck that. Then you get to see Angie behind the scenes taste testing things. Unbeknownst to Jen, she invited Jen over for a tasting. Yeah. And she also, what, what did she expect her to like foot the alcohol bill? Apparently coach doesn't drink. It's coach's birthday. None of his friends really drank either. So like, what exactly did you want Jen to pay for? It sounded like Jen had the party already planned somewhere else and you insisted on having it here. Mm-hmm. And then what? You didn't follow up and say, Hey Jen, can you send me like half of the bill or a little bit of the bill or whatever? No. So you can't just pull this out later because now Jen pissed you off by doing something, which is, you know, inexcusable. We're not going to say that she should have done that or shouldn't have done that. But you can't bring this up later and use it as your defense to bring down Jen. I love to see it. Sure. It's fun. Come with better ammo. Yeah. And then you get to see the different factions all breaking off like, oh, shit. Like, really? That's what happens? This whole time, Meredith is the CEO of fun. She sucks as fun. She's not fun. No, no. That was the funniest part. As soon as that happened, Dev even said, she's boring. I was like, I know. She's she, the least she, fun. <laughs> I know. But Her- everybody's so mad at Heather right now, and Heather's the obvious choice for CEO of fun. I guess you could throw it to Whitney, you but can't you don't give know what the fuck's going to fuck's gonna happen. You can't give it. <laughs> you throw it to Whitney, you're going to be taking peyote in the desert. Like, 
that's fun. That could be fun. It could be really bad, and a couple of them might go missing. But who knows? Uh, they that got could cameras. Happen. Just yeah. don't give don't give the camera crew. It's peyote. just it, I don't know. It's I think that they all hate each other. Well, in some way, they don't dislike each other. So it is tough. And in that moment, Jen is close to Meredith. So you're the CEO of Fun Meredith. See what you do. Nothing. The fact that Jen wanted an apology is baffling. We want you to win this, Angie. We want you to take her down. Take her down a notch. Like, she deserves it. Yeah. But you got to come strapped. You got to be ready to go because on the other side of it, one, Jen's not going to back down. And two, she's pretty quick some of the time. When she gets overwhelmed, she just starts screaming and crying and everything's everybody else's fault. But she has the ability to stand her ground. So I'm, I want AK to do better. I think she can do better. Just know that we are rooting for you against Jen. But it all comes back to the, the burning question. Can this show survive without Jen Shaw? As of now, I would say no. I don't think it can. Mm-hmm. I, I hope it can. I don't, as of now, I don't think so. But we'll see. Yeah. Obviously, we'll see because she'll be in jail. <laughs> well, who knows? Oh, they keep pushing the they trial back. They keep pushing back. the trial back. So maybe she will be around for filming. But that takes us back to Potomac, my fave. And we got two episodes for you. And it's actually really nice for us because they're kind of one big episode. It was all similar drama, all taking place in Miami. So it was MIA. MIA. And it was easier to track for me. But we ended last or two weeks ago with Mia and Peter FaceTiming. I guess he's got some issues with Wendy. And we know that Wendy is potentially going into business with him. But there's already the house is tense because a lot of the women don't get along. There's issues with the bedroom situations. There's issues with this and that. And Sharice doesn't want to stay at the house. So now Mia's mad at her too. And this is what drives me nuts about Mia. And she claims like loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. She talks shit on every single person. She is the worst friend. To all of them. And I'm going to say it, the worst housewife in any franchise. I think she's terrible. I think she's terrible. We do this every week. Well, we used to do it every week, but now we're at week seven of Potomac. Usually you say, how's it going? Do you still like it? Mia is ruining the show for me. I honestly, she's ruining the season for me. It's, It's not the season. I'm just, I'm looking at the show like there's something that I don't like and it's just, it's Mia. But also it's Wendy. I don't like Wendy either. But it's, it's getting to a point where Mia's interactions with everybody and the way that she handles everything and then the way that Wendy's doing it, like I'm looking at the show like I'm not really enjoying it anymore. And I think that Mia is the sum of it all, where if she went somewhere, I would be able to handle the rest of it because I do like Giselle. I like, oddly enough, I like Giselle a lot. She's jumped up to the top with me. What? Her, she's right under Karen. Oh, dude. She, I know what she does. What? I know what she does and I know the way that she says things and I know the way that she like stirs shit up. But I like that. I, she are, does it in I mean, kind of a funny way. Can we go back? to episode one of Potomac. I said that I like Giselle. No, you said, who's my favorite? I said, Giselle. You said, no, Karen. Oh, yeah. But to our listeners, this is why I picked Giselle Mm -hmm. because Shooter likes the shit stir. I like it, but she does it in a funny way. Like Robin does it in an annoying way where you're like, all right, shut the fuck up. Robin's having a terrible season. Yeah, and it's just like, shut up. Like nobody needs to hear it. Ashley's doing it in a fucking terrible way. By the way, she's the worst actress. I know that like some of the things that happen in this Producers will tell you and be like, hey, by the way, for instance, we're going to Peter's restaurant later. Wendy's got some things going on with him. He's got beef with her, blah, blah, blah. The way that Ashley walked out to the pool and she's like, oh, doesn't um, uh, Wendy have um, uh, relations with Peter? Have they, um, have they spoken 
at all or whatever. <laughs> it's like, shut the fuck up. Like, we know what you're trying to say. You know that this is happening. Just spit it out or just don't be there. Like, you're a terrible actress. I give more of the women props because they have to go through this all the time. Ashley just not good at it. So I, I don't know. But Mia is by far the worst housewife in any of the franchises right now. I think why I'm really not resonating with her at all is because after these moments in the show, it goes to her confessional and everything seems so forced. I think she wrote all this shit down and is like reading it off of a prompt. And mm-hmm. it's not funny. I think she thinks she's being super iconic. She's saying some like genius level lyrics here where she's just rocking the foundation of everybody. And it's like, no, that's not funny. You're not funny. You've just now talked shit on Sharice, Karen, Giselle, Wendy, you name it. She's shit on them. And like, what's your tactic here? Do you think that because you've seen other housewife shows and you see when people get traction, it's because they go after other people that you're just going to go after everybody and it's going to be fun? It's not fun because it's forced. You either need, even Jacqueline, her lifelong friend, oh, is like, I would be the worst friendship. She says, I don't think we would be friends if we met later in life. Like, that's not a friendship. Then. No, no. It's, and you said it too. She, is so terrible to all of her friends and then she expects this like undying loyalty in return when she's slighted she's like well why are you not having my back here you just threw me under the bus like two weeks ago right what the fuck do you want from me like no i'm friends with her i'm not really friends with you you just expect me to be friends like no it's not gonna happen i i like what karen says karen's like i'm just true to myself i'm not gonna change for anybody and you know that right so I do support Wendy. I will go check on her. I don't give a shit what you say. Who cares? And let's talk about why that happened. Yeah. Like they're sitting at the dinner table at bar one. First of all, Peter comes by the table. It's pretty amicable. He says hello to everybody, walks away. Yeah. And he says, come and see me before you leave. And who the fuck stands up to go talk to him? Mia. Mia. Putting herself into every situation. It's so annoying. But it's forced and not fun like the way she goes over and talks to peter i'm like are you reading a script right now did you write this in your phone beforehand on your notes app because it's not flowing at all it's awkward forced uncomfortable you're starting shit at a restaurant at peter's restaurant and Mm -hmm. like if you're ride or die for peter as you claim and peter i guess claims that he's not even ride or die for her we find out later what the fuck are you doing you're gonna start shit with wendy we go back to the table Mia gets into it. She starts asking Wendy, well, like Peter sent you a contract and you're waiting. You haven't sent anything back. You're going to give her a business lesson at the table. And the funniest part, she tries to like degrade her by saying she sells candles. No, she is a doctor, a professor, an author. Like she knows what she's doing. Did you you catch that uh, disclaimer at the end of the episode? That Johns Hopkins has no relation or no relation to the house. (laughs) So funny. Well, I think they were probably like, oh, they're not going to love this episode. Yeah. But. It's just like the fact that she tries to bring her down a notch by saying she sells candles. It's like she does a lot of things and yeah. she does them very well. So that's not a great defense. And during the argument itself, not one time did she make a mention of Mia's husband. In- uh, she, so I kind of disagree with that because she did say with regards to me and my husband, like me and Eddie, we don't play the way that you play. So I think that she but was... she prefaced that with like, I don't know how you and your husband play, but we don't play like that. All right. So All right. I think that's fair. Is though. it a little stank to it? Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's a little pointed, but it's not straight up like, I don't know like who you and your man are fucking, but like, I'm not fucking anybody on the side. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's definitely not grounds for a drink toss. It was, at, that was the least amount of aggravation for a drink toss that I've seen on a housewife show. Yeah. It wasn't even a good drink toss too. She, she missed, missed her. You whiffed. She caught like side of her hair. Yeah, she got her just a little bit, but then it blows up. And that's when we hear Wendy say something about her husband. And mm-hmm. she says, 
you guys can go fuck men and women. Like, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what the implication is there, but... There's a lot of that going on in the Potomac. Yeah, I know. You got Michael Darby, now you got this. Like, uh, who knows? But for her to then lose her shit to the point where she's, like, fighting the security guard and rips her nail off, and then she goes out and plays the victim of it. Yeah. And I know Wendy's not helping the situation, but I'd try to put myself in Wendy's shoes. If If you threw a drink on me at a bar and we were not that cool. Like I wouldn't let up. I'd be no. in your face relentlessly. Like there's yeah, no, and there would be no Bravo security guard there either. Right. Like, like what the, what do you want her to do? You started this. You mm-hmm. have to deal with the ramifications of it. And then you get Robin and Giselle, your new fave. They're siding with Mia. Wendy, you always exacerbate the situation. Wendy, well, you're such an antagonizer. Wendy. I, I mean, Wendy is an antagonizer, but the whole, the whole thing shouldn't have started. What Mia should have never, put herself in the situation that has nothing to do with you what is your relation to peter why are you getting so upset like and then you see like if he invokes this sort of emotion based off of what that she didn't respond back to him sending like some deal constructs back like it has nothing to do with you she's not fucking with your money your family's fine you're not invested in peter so it has nothing to do with you at all you just feel like you need to be the center of attention and then you get this emotionally provoked from it, that makes no sense unless there's something else there. It's a little deeper so than that. So if you're Wendy, yeah, obviously I'm going to poke that and see what comes out. And I don't think that you can call her antagonistic because she did that. She had a drink thrown at her. Wendy uses her words. So well, she's I think trying they, to they get could have. I think the second part of that didn't need to happen. I think that after, yeah, the drink toss, whatever, that's fine. But then it got riled back up again. When Mia came back down. to the table, that's yeah. fair. Okay. I think it could have. You could have let it lie, I suppose. But Wendy did keep going. But I think I would have too if I'm looking around the table and there's people that are like agreeing with Mia. Like I think yeah. that having Robin and Giselle across from the table being like, oh, like we know how Wendy is. It's like, whoa. But Wendy had the drink thrown at her. So while Mia is off cooling down. Wendy's sitting there hearing Robin and Giselle talk about how Mia might be in the right. Mm-hmm. I would probably go back after when she sat down. Cause like, if you think she's right, I'm going to defend myself more because now you're not defending yourself against just Mia. You're defending yourself to the group. Yeah. And like fast forward, Wendy gets ostracized from the house. Yep. What? Yeah. I she... know it's Mia's trip, but fuck. Yeah. I mean, but I feel like she felt that way and she had to leave, which makes sense because she, like you said, she looked around the table and nobody was agreeing with her. Why would she stay in that house? Did you think it was kind of funny how quickly she got a hotel room? Was Sharice really looking when for Charisse a hotel room? When Sharice was looking for a hotel room? I don't know. And like, that's, I thought the same exact thing. And then when somebody said to Sharice, like, you're not going to be able to find a hotel room now. It's like, you're Miami. Yeah. There's going to be a million hotel rooms. And, and you, probably closer to Miami. Yeah. And also, you, like, money's not an issue for any of you. So yeah. go get a hotel room. It's really not that big of a deal. It wasn't, I, yeah, it wasn't a big deal at all. I, that's funny you said that. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yeah. she found one really quick. Very quickly. <laughs> like that night, in and out. Not only that, but Mia found a flight home the next morning. Didn't take it, but it was there. But we do at least get an influx of a different personality coming in with Candace coming in later that night. And yep. that's how our second episode starts. Mm-hmm. And Candace pulls up and um, thank God, because I'm watching this happen. I watch these back to back and I get done the first one. And I'm like, why is anybody on Mia's team here? Like, it does, that makes no sense. I know yeah. that Robin and Giselle hate her and will go against her regardless, yeah. but... In this instance, when you have two people that were so on the other side of things, you didn't see when Monique went after Candace. Mm-hmm. So it turned into a physical, you obviously saw the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when that happened, 
Robin and Giselle, Giselle especially, were so anti-violence, anti-physicality. Like any argument should not end in blows, whether it's actual physical contact or throwing a drink or whatever. Mm -hmm. Avoid that at all costs. It happens in front of them to somebody they don't like, and now it's not that big of a deal. Right. Like get the fuck out of here. You either stand for it or you don't. And that's what's funny. Mia's talking to Jacqueline and then she talks to Karen and she has this whole loyalty thing. You either stand for somebody or you don't. You either do this or you don't. She jumps back and forth across the fence more than any of them because yeah. she will shit on one person and then take somebody else's side. Well, I also hated that from the jump because when Karen came in, Jacqueline started the conversation by saying, with Mia two feet behind her, Mia just feels a little ostracized right now. Oh, from you. yeah. She feels a little disrespected. Mia can fucking speak for herself, Jacqueline. You're just because you're the downtrodden friends that's just been getting stepped over doesn't mean that you need to be the mediator here because obviously you're on Mia's side. You're just her mouthpiece at this point. And then Mia starts talking anyway. So Jacqueline, just get out of the room. Nobody cares. You're not part of the show. You don't need to be here. And Karen, I just, this is why we love Karen. She just sticks to who she is. And yep. she says that over and over again. If this was you and this happened to you and you were kicked out of the house, I would go check on you. It doesn't really matter who it is. It's also my fucking birthday. Like, you didn't have a whole party planned. We did have a party planned. It was for the beach cabana. It's not a party. Yeah, but hold on. Like, but she says you could have been there, but you wanted to go see Wendy. It's like, why do you think it's not okay? Like, suddenly they have to end all ties with Wendy because this happened? Like, Wendy is still present in Miami. Wendy is still our friend. While she might not be your friend, she is our friend. You're going to get pissed off because people want to interact with her. First off, you threw the drink. Yep. And also, Karen asked ahead of time, can Wendy come? And you guys don't even have to talk, but it's my birthday. I'd like it if all of my friends were there. You said no, so I'm still going to go check on her. Right. If you knew that she was in my mind, you could have made it and just made it a done deal right then and there. You didn't have to like have a huge fight on the beach. You could have just kept to yourself. Maybe it ruined your time, but it's still Karen's birthday. Whatever. But she, Deal play, with it. she plays that card multiple times. It's yeah. Karen's birthday. I want her to have a good birthday. Well, if that's true, then you, once again, you can't jump back and forth on sides. Mm -hmm. If you're taking that stance that you understand it's her birthday, she wants to have a good birthday. If she wants to interact with Wendy, that's her right to do so. You can't then in turn get pissed off when she does that. Yeah. Like that makes no sense. Yeah. And we get to the point where she goes to the other van and says, you need to find another place to stay when you come back. Ashley and Candace are both obviously pissed off but both are like fuck that like we're definitely coming back here yeah definitely staying here which i would too yeah. just to prove a point you booked this airbnb this isn't your house but we do get like a really good juxtaposed conversation we love a good side by side here oh yeah um and this one is with like the beach crew and then we got i guess we'll call them the, the brunch wendy. crew the what the brunch crew the brunch crew okay yeah. Or the Wendy, I was going to call them the Wendy crew, or the brunch crew. That so works. the brunch crew, now it sounds better, the brunch crew and the beach crew. All right. This is where I got super frustrated, because this is where Giselle and Robin are stirring the pot with Mia, like, understanding where she's coming from. Why is this different than when Monique pulled hair? And they even say it's a different situation, different circumstance. Did it escalate more with Monique? Sure. Is it an entirely different scenario? No, not really. Had that security guard been not been there, I don't know if it wouldn't have come to blows. Yeah. Because it, she ripped a nail trying to move past him. So, like, who knows how far it would have been. bag, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, like, swung her bag. Yeah. Which is similar to Candace when she swung the wine glass. Yeah. So, no, it's not really a different situation. It just didn't get to that level. So, for you to now take this stance makes no fucking sense to me. But whatever. 
But we just, I mean, the only thing worth noting with the brunch crew is they talk briefly. Ashley says, from what I've heard, Peter doesn't really fuck with Mia anymore. Like something happened, I guess, between them. I don't know if we'll ever find out what that was, but I guess she was being sketchy to Peter's girlfriend on a trip. Something like that. Further alludes to the fact that there was something sketchy going on. If you're taking that stance with his girlfriend, not a great look for you. Yeah. And it makes a little more sense when you paint it that way because it looks like maybe Mia knew that Wendy had some information that she didn't want to get out. So that's why she escalated so quickly and tried to go after her. But if you think that Wendy might have that information, maybe don't start shit with her in the first place. Like that should be number one rule in your head. I don't want this to get out. Let me not start shit with her because she will let it out. I mean, we've seen it time and time again with this crew. They hold on to information and they let it out when you do something bad to them. I like that move. So don't do something bad to them and it won't come out. They'll keep it in their back pocket. Very easy. Stay in the back pocket. I don't want this coming out. You know, until I cheat on somebody with, you know, find my new husband after Daddy G. Whatever the fuck you want to do. <laughs> we finally get some insight to the Karen and Sharice scenario, which is a similar setup, according to Sharice, with mm-hmm. her having some dirt on Karen. That's why she claims Karen doesn't want to bury the hatchet, is because she wants to keep a distance because she knows some shit. She yeah. knows the secrets about Karen. Karen claims it's because... Sharice said that she had a blue-eyed boyfriend five years ago on the reunion. And she's grown since then. So she, Karen's grown Sometimes since you just grow out of friendships and it's okay. But I agree with that. I think yeah, that's okay. I agree okay. with that too. But it just gets a little fishy because they get distanced because of this rumor mm-hmm. about the blue-eyed man. Fast forward, she's got dirt on Karen. Now is Sharice just using what she said previously as new ammo against her? Possibly. Possibly. We don't know. But I did think it was hysterical that Ray FaceTimes like my grandparents. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh god, that's he holds so the funny. phone like right up to his nose instead of like. Sorry, I couldn't it back. be there. Did you get the other thing that I got? What'd you say? Ha! <laughs> huh? How's this work? That was like a, yeah, I love that moment. We do get a brief scene with Candace meets Trina, and I texted you after I heard the song. Uh huh. I thought it was a bop. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't do it for me. How, why? But it's you know I. Look, I like R&B. I do listen to R&B relatively frequently. I don't have to go through my whole Spotify unwrapped. There's enough of that on social media. But it just didn't do it for me. I thought Trina's great. I've loved Trina since you know 2002 when she came up with Young Money. Candace's part, I don't know if it was the lyrics. I thought the, the music was fine, but the lyrics just didn't do it for me. You know? I thought it was a vibe, It's okay. Dude. I you was know, vibing. It, sometimes songs don't work. I mean, even my favorite artists put out shitty songs. It's just it is how it goes. I think you have a bad ear. I think, she, <laughs> I think she has a good voice. You know, I think she just might need a new writer. And then all of this leads to, I think, Mia's off the show. I think Mia's either getting fired or leaving. We've seen cryptic texts from Yeah, her. she deactivated her Twitter and then said something that said, I need to move on for the sake of my family. And business. Which means the show or... I need to move on from feeling weird about people calling me out on social media. I don't know what it was. Hopefully it's the show. Look, I mean, Potomac has too many housewives as it is. We've agreed on that before. Mm-hmm. Sharice really does nothing for the show. And no, unless we're going to dig up the Karen Sharice thing, if we're not going to do that, Sharice can kind of go away. It's fine. She doesn't need the show, so she can go, whatever. And Mia can go. The rest of them are fine. I think that's a good crew. As much as pretty much all of them aggravate me, Point out a housewife show where one of the housewives doesn't aggravate me. One thing I do want to touch on, though, 
how uncomfortable was the scene of the guys coming up and taking pictures and you had Robin and Giselle. Oh my God. And Robin was just grabbing that guy's I arm over to, and over. It's like, what are you fucking doing? I wanted to touch on this so bad. For what we've seen with how Giselle has reacted to Chris mm-hmm. and all of that drama. And I'm speaking from experience. This is not a humble brag by any means. I've had instances where I shake people's hand and they do this weird thing where they kind of slide their other hand up my arm and like squeeze my bicep. Yeah, that's weird. It's very weird. It's not a normal thing, but people seem to think it's like, oh, ha ha. It's like, don't touch people. No, it's creepy. It's just don't touch people. Yeah. Like period. And for you to take such a firm stance against Chris standing in your room and then you're like, ha ha, I guess Robin likes him young. Like, again, am I going to, like, yell and scream about it? No. but well, this did is I... a safe space if you want to talk about it. Well, I just want to get it out there. Like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. In that moment when you're doing that to me and squeezing my bicep via a handshake and being like, ha, 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 I'm uncomfortable and I don't like it. Yeah. All right? So for anybody out there that has done that move, stop it. And that brings us to our questions portion. We haven't been able to answer questions in a while, so I'm, I'm excited. We're going to answer a couple extra tonight just because, you know, it's tis the season. Tis the season. Tis the season. Up first, from Supersize Fries 3995 Thank you for having an easy username to read. Who could win in a fight, Meredith or Barlow? <laughs> I love that she called her Barlow. Uh, I'll take Lisa Barlow in that one. I take Meredith. Yeah. I think Meredith has that fight. I think. Lisa's got a bigger bark. Yeah. I think Meredith would be tougher. I, I'm basing this only on Lisa was... Well, Meredith is pretty good at skiing, too. Lisa was good at skiing, and I've seen Lisa play basketball, and she was pretty good at basketball. So I think she's got a little athleticism. Keep her on her toes. Yeah, I think Lisa could... Yeah, I'm taking Lisa slightly. Just a... High sli- difficulty. So Meredith's just the slight underdog. Yes. Okay. All yep. right, fair enough. I'm taking Team Mare, but I, yeah, not a bad argument. From Jacinta M, how did you overcome internalized judgment that this show is not for men? Um, it was a long, arduous process. <laughs> We've talked about it before, just kind of easing our way into it. But, I mean, TV in general is for everybody, right? Like, yeah. That's how ratings work. We want everybody. It's kind of like this show. This show is for everybody. Everybody wants to listen to this. We're not going to say a certain group of people can't listen to this show. We want everybody to come in and enjoy our show. So, you know what? We enjoy watching it. We enjoy talking about it. It just kind of happens. But yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a longer process. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, here's the thing about both of us. Like, Shooter doesn't have a lot of shame. I have no shame. So for us to, like, feel comfortable with talking about it. And, like, we've talked about Bravo way before we started this podcast. And, like, we both kind of live under the idea, like, who gives a fuck what people think. So that probably made it a lot easier for us. But I think Shooter said it best. We've also had stances like, why would anyone give a shit what other people are watching on TV? Like I could care less what somebody enjoys on TV. That's not my place to say. It's nobody's place to say. If you like watching a certain thing or doing a certain thing or talking about a certain thing, like who gives a fuck? doesn't affect me in any way, shape or form. Live your life. Do you boo boo? That's my answer. Oh, we got a returning asker, and I know that because of this username. From 2000's days, <laughs> I think it's 2000's days. I think that's... That's fine, yeah. From 2000's days, do you think Jacqueline and Mia will stay friends by the end of the season? I don't want to stress this. I, I actually can't stress this enough. 
I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll answer it. I don't think so. But to Shooter's point, I, they, they could both go. I don't care about either of them. I don't think they bring anything to the show but their own drama amongst each other. And that's not entertaining to watch. So be gone. Yeah. This is a great fucking question. From Katrin Griswold. Should Luann jump in for a feature on the Birds Christmas album? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That would be so great to have those two worlds collide for us. That would be awesome. We would definitely need to like go film it actually happening. Yes. I don't know who we need to talk to for that. We'll be there. From Ask Mark Ward, do you and your ladies ever have disagreements over specific housewives? Um, not as much as you would think, honestly. And I do think it's because, I mean, probably I'm kind of answering for you too, but the way that we started watching this was through our significant others. So we tend to kind of agree yeah I they guess, have a they bit. helped to form some of our allegiances I yeah think. now but, we've gone awry a lot yeah especially but. since we started watching them by ourselves i've definitely the funniest thing is and i hate that i have to admit this on the air so that everyone's going to know this now but uh, whatever dev agrees with you way more than she agrees oh with that's me. funny <laughs> she hey, colleen agrees with you like, a lot though too she oh, thinks really? that you're funnier than i am so i am so that, that makes sense yeah but. <laughs> But that does it for the Brav Bros. We are stoked to be back. Um, it was a long week, long hiatus. It felt like three weeks that we were off. So we're glad to be back in your ears. Um, as usual, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at Brav underscore bros. And follow us on TikTok at Brav Bros. No underscore. And remember, if you want us to convince your significant other to be a Brav Bro or wish you a happy birthday, the bros are on Cameo and we love doing them. They're really funny. Yeah, they are fun. So reach out, give us some Cameos to give you because we love doing it. Um, and lastly, remember, we got a live show, live event, December 15th, 8 p.m. You can watch it for up to a week after if you can't make it for that night, but we're super stoked to share it with you guys. We want to interact with you we want to make this about all of us so make sure you buy yourself a ticket moment.co not com just co moment.co backslash brav bros tickets are 10 bucks support the bros hang out with us let's shoot the shit other than that you got anything else nope good to go all right well the brav bros are out of here see you next week bye